Welcome to the Embody Your Inner Spiritual Beauty Queen podcast. I am your host, Shelby Marie, and I am a mindset and healing coach that serves all queens looking to live their best lives and transform their pain into power. I am so excited to welcome you to this safe space where we talk about all things healing, manifestation, spirituality, mindset, and so much more. I share my best tips and tricks while walking alongside you throughout your journey. Some of the topics we discuss may be triggering for some, so please listen with care, as I am not a licensed therapist. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope you love this episode. Hello, beautiful souls. I wanted to sneak in before we start this podcast episode and let you know that the doors to the personal power over people-pleasing program are now open. So you can get in there and check it out. We have this incredible program that that helps people of all shapes and sizes transform from people-pleasing and codependence into embodying their personal power. I would love for you to join us and you can find more information in the link in the show notes. So thank you for listening today and I hope you enjoy this episode. So Alexa is a manifestation guide for the neurodiverse. Their mission is to teach every neurodivergent human out there how to manifest everything they've ever desired using trauma-informed manifestation practices. They are fundamentally shaking up the manifestation community by challenging the harmful traditional messaging around manifesting, such as your thoughts create your reality, you need to be a vibrational match to your manifestations, and bad thoughts manifest. Rather, they are teaching that it's actually our belief systems that help or hinder us from manifesting, not our thoughts. If you're interested in the wonderful beam of light that is Alexa, links to their social media accounts on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube will be in the show notes, so make sure to connect with them. I am personally so excited to welcome Alexa to our podcast today, as I resonated with their message as being one of inclusion, compassion, and clarity surrounding manifestation. I am eager for them to share their wisdom with all of us. So without further ado, welcome Alexa. Oh my gosh, Shelby. <laughs> that, that intro, dang. <laughs> Gotta make it special for you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I am so incredibly excited to be here and have this chat with you. Thank you. I'm I'm very excited to have you. It is going to be fun. I can already tell. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So one of the first questions I have for you is just if you can provide us with your take on manifestation. Yeah. So the main reason, well, I don't know if it's the reason, but somehow I kind of fell into this gap between mainstream manifestation and neurodivergent people. There's like this big gap of how to manifest and what the best ways are to manifest. And it's because neurodivergent people, just their brain has developed differently because Mm -hmm. of the experiences that they've had. And when I say they, I'm like talking about me too, because I'm also neurodivergent. (laughs) Like our experience through life has been very different. And so because of that, our brains developed in certain ways in order for us to survive and navigate the world. Mm -hmm. And so when I started to like get into this manifestation stuff, nothing was working for me. Like nothing. I did. I (laughs) I, like signed up for every single manifestation workshop thing, blah, blah, blah. And like literally nothing worked because it was all just write stuff down and then 
start thinking about it different or something like that. And Mm -hmm. that just doesn't work for so many. I can't even explain like so many people that just doesn't work. And I was like, okay, this can't be it. Like this cannot be just that. Okay. Manifestation only works for certain people. So I went and I sought out alternate ways to manifest and it became this very, very different way of manifesting that a lot of people are like, well, that doesn't look like regular manifesting. So that can't be, and it's, that's not true. Mm -hmm. So manifestation for a lot of people is actually in the body. And so this way that I teach manifestation is your nervous system is actually what helps or hinders you from manifesting and our nervous. And I go kind of have gone through this. It's like our nervous system is our body. Our nervous system is our brain. Our brain is our subconscious. Our subconscious is the brain is the body. And so it's like all connected. Mm -hmm. And if we are disconnected from our body, it's really difficult to manifest because we're just like cerebrally trying to work through things when survival is all about the body. And if the pandemic taught us anything, like so many people live in survival mode. Yep. And so this new take that I have on manifestation is really your body is everything. And even a new sort of thing that I've come up sort of realized is that our emotions are also in our body and our intuition is also in our body. And what is like our most authentic self, our intuition. Yes. And so I just, this realization that our body is everything is the foundation of the manifestation practices that I teach. I love that. I think, I think it's so important. And actually, like, I don't know how familiar you are with like human design, but um, yes, I do human design readings. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm a generator. And I think like when I first realized that and like understood that a huge foundation of generators making decisions is like feeling what's in our gut. Right. And exactly. for such a long time, like I was so disconnected from my body. So that felt like so weird for me that I had to like trust my body in order to understand, you know, what I, what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing. So I really love that. I think it's beautiful that you do that. And I can tell it like lights you up. Like it lights you up when you're talking about it. (laughs) I love it. I'm so passionate. And by the way, I'm also a sacral generator. And so I got regenerators in the house here. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's very cool. So, um, you talked a little bit about, you know, what, what some of the traditional manifesting practices and, you know, verbiage is out there. So can you share a little bit about, um, toxic spirituality, like what it is and how to avoid it just so that our listeners have some insight on that? Yeah, absolutely. I talk about this all the time. If anything makes you feel shame or guilt or brings up fear in your body or in just anxiety, then there's something wrong and whatever that practice is, whatever the method that that person is teaching, isn't coming from a place of love support and like actual helping. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, I have so many examples of people telling me, Oh, this manifestation coach said, you know, to me, Oh, I'm the one that manifested the bad things into my life. And I say like, why, why would you, (laughs) What is the purpose of that angle of teaching? Yeah. 
you know, why, why say those things? And there's a lot of this, like, oh, you have to trigger people in order to heal them and all of that. And mm. as someone with PTSD, you do not need to relive your trauma to heal from it. Agreed. Like you don't. And so this idea that a lot of these like mainstream manifestation coaches have of how to like heal and how to manifest is so not trauma informed. And I come from a background in which I'm deeply, deeply, deeply informed in trauma. And again, like the last few years have taught us and have created trauma, you know, Mm -hmm. people who have trauma. And so basically if you are listening to a coach and anything that they say makes you feel shame about yourself, makes you feel like you're being blamed for bad things or blamed for your current circumstance in any way that elicits negative emotion, like don't listen to them. Just stop listening (laughs) because they're not coming from a good place. Um, And that's another reason why I started doing what I'm doing is that neurodivergent people tend to be the ones who house a lot of the trauma. Mm -hmm. And so when you're trying to speak to large groups of people, you're literally missing or shaming or listening fear in like this humongous group of people that then get turned off of manifestation. They give up and how sad that like people, because of something someone said, they gave up on living a life that's actually aligned and happy and joyous simply because they feel so much shame and blame. Yes. Makes me, it it just breaks my heart completely. That's Mm -hmm. why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, (laughs) I love it. So far away from that. (laughs) Yeah. No. And I think, I think that's really beautiful. I think a lot of the work that I do is very trauma informed as well, you know, from my own experiences as well, um, especially around like people pleasing. That Mm -hmm. was an area where I feel Mm -hmm. like traditional manifestation was just adding more shame (laughs) it was so like a lot of the things even like things that I've manifested I felt like you know because I was a people pleaser and like obviously still like recovered whatever you want to say like yeah (laughs) it um it always made me feel like when things didn't manifest for me like I wasn't worthy enough or I wasn't deserving enough or I wasn't doing the right things or you know all of these other things like I always found a reason to blame and shame myself for it. And I feel like the practices that you teach and the way you go about teaching it is like, it speaks to people like me, you know, that like feel shame in those, in those areas, (laughs) you know, that makes me feel so good. I'm so glad. Cause that's where I am trying to come from. Like my intention Mm -hmm. is to reach people and make people feel safe. And, and another thing I, as you were speaking, something that popped into my head is a lot of this toxic spirituality is very hyper individualistic. And so Mm -hmm. the feeling that it's all my fault, I'm the one to blame and all of that shame that comes along with it is to continue to isolate you, to make you feel like, well, if you just do this and you just do that, then your life will be different. And that's just not how it is. Mm -hmm. Right. Agreed. And I mean, I don't know if it's okay for, for me to say this, but it's very capitalist. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very capitalist ideal to keep people as isolated as possible to destroy community because yes. it's a lot easier to control people that way. I agree. And 
So, okay, cool. I'm glad I can say that. <laughs> uh, and so if, again, if anything sounds alt-right capitalist, like very kind of like, ooh, and icky, like mm-hmm. it's not it. Like walk away, run in the opposite direction. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Another thing that I really, really, really emphasize when I'm working with clients is you need to have community around you. Mm. And it's so important to develop support groups around you. And as someone who's neurodivergent, <laughs> this is so hard mm-hmm. because growing up, you're clearly different than everyone else. Right. And it is always pointed out and it is always like bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we don't do it that way. Why do you think that? Like, that's so weird, you know? And so you're constantly othered. Sometimes you're even ostracized for being so different. And so community can feel really unsafe. Again, though, that is like on purpose. Like there's a purpose for isolating people. It's because it's just easier to have people be drones. People just go through the motions and just go through mm-hmm. life when they're isolated. But if you have that community around you, you feel that support, you feel that love and manifestations come to you through people, through community. So true. Oh my gosh. I love that. (laughs) Sorry, mic drop moment. (laughs) No, it's totally fine. I, and because this is the other thing about toxic spirituality is they tell you, oh, just think it into existence. Like Mm -hmm. you can just put your hand out, think of a peach and it'll just magically appear in your hand. And that's not how it works. Right. An example that I give all the time is I've manifested, I manifested a check in the mail. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I'm so happy. Yay. Hooray money. But you didn't just material, like you didn't just think in your mailbox, I'm going to have a check. Just pop. It's there. The mailman person, whatever, had to bring that check to the mailbox, open the mailbox, put the mail in there. They had to go to the post office and grab the mail. The person at the company had to write the check and create the check and put the check in the envelope and then mail the check. And then that person's boss had to say, Hey, can you make this check that's due to this person? And that boss's boss had to be like, this person's part of this group of people who are getting money. And so to say that you manifested all of that makes you feel like, I'm just like this individual isolated thing. And that's just not true. Mm -hmm. We're all in this collective energy, everyone's manifesting everything that they want. We're all affecting each other and energy flows through us in the collective. And we're not all like isolated little islands. (laughs) And so if you ever feel like someone is telling you just you, you're the one, you're the one that does it. You're the, you, 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 you. And it's very like hyper individualistic. That's also very mainstream manifestation yuck like yeah run away also that is so true (laughs) that's amazing I I've never really thought about it from that perspective but I like now that you said that it's like all starting to click where I'm like oh my gosh I've been seeing all these videos lately especially on TikTok where people are like oh I started manifesting and then I don't have anyone in my life anymore and it's because they were all like toxic or whatever and it's like okay maybe but at the same time like that doesn't like that, even from a biological standpoint, like we are wired for connection, you know? So like if you're manifesting and you don't have anyone in your life anymore, there's an issue there somewhere. Yes, absolutely. 
but I love it. Like the way you approach it from an individualistic perspective, like they, I feel like traditional manifestation absolutely centers around that. And it makes you responsible for everything and you, you know, the center of everything happening in the universe. And that's like, I think it's supposed to be empowering, but it actually, like you said, is very isolating, you know? Yeah. And then also too, it, especially if you're neurodivergent and you have like a mental health, we're not on TikTok. I can say if you have mental illness, yeah. <laughs> you know, which I have, by the way, mm-hmm. it means that when things don't work out, your default is to blame yourself. And that's very shameful. And it can send you into a shame spiral. And then you're like this puddle on the ground, which is totally something that used to happen to me all the time. Like I'm a horrible person. And so all these things aren't happening because I don't deserve it. I'm unworthy, blah, 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 spiral, spiral, spiral. And it completely discounts all these things. In addition to the fact that we also, (laughs) there's so many layers to this live in a society that has systems in place that are intended to help society function. But in reality, these systems oppress certain groups of people. Mm -hmm. And so if you have mental health problems, right? The systems are not to make you succeed. No. The systems love it when you're failing, right? You can't think your way out of oppression. You can't think your way out of poverty. Like it doesn't work that way. Yep. And to say like, oh, it's your fault that you're poor or, oh, it's your fault that you have mental health problems is like so incredibly damaging and it's so completely wrong. (laughs) Like it is not the truth. And it just creates a further divide. It, It just creates so much more shame and so much more fear too in manifestation. People don't want to manifest because it's just, it's so scary. Absolutely. I agree with that hundred percent. I think like, I love that approach though, of like connecting others, especially from like a people pleaser perspective, you know, because I think as people pleasers, you know, I personally, like I either was ostracized a lot or I just chose not to have a lot of friends because it felt like such hard work because of, you know, a lot of that people pleasing, but Mm -hmm. like, I think coming at it from this perspective of, you know, understanding that your manifestation does come through people, you know, I think that makes it feel a lot more comforting, you know, especially from that perspective of always feeling like connections and all of that was so hard. Like now you can see it from a perspective that's really valuable and connecting, I guess, for lack of a better, better word. No, for sure. And I would say like the two main themes that I see in my clients is the people pleasing and Mm -hmm. comparison. Yeah. So, and people pleasing really comes like what I've noticed is it really does come from feeling like a burden, feeling Mm -hmm. like you're either too much or your needs are too much or something like that. And so you people please because people pleasing really is, I'm not voicing my truth because it makes them uncomfortable. If I voice my truth, they will get mad. They will abandon me. Um, and so when I'm working with clients and in working with the people pleasing, it's all about just developing that really deep, juicy, fundamental belief that like you are worthy and you are, and it's really like building a trust in yourself too, Mm -hmm. that, you, you trust in your own capabilities that no matter what happens, like you'll be okay. 
Yeah. Because if that, if you voice your, your truth and that person abandons you, what's going to happen? You know, like that fear around that person leaving or that fear around someone like getting really angry at you. What are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? And so developing that trust in your own capabilities Mm -hmm. in your own, and just like believing in, in you allows you to navigate those situations a lot with a lot more power and grace. I completely agree. We literally like we we teach so many of the same things in like a different way. Yeah. I, you know, I cover the same things. It's such a it's such a foundation to have that trust in yourself. And I think it really does empower you, you know, not only in your healing journey, but like you said, a manifestation as well. Because like when you trust yourself and you trust that you're coming from a place of being worthy, like it removes a lot of the self-imposed limit limitations. I feel like mm-hmm. from like standing in your way continuously, you know, cause you're able to see it. <laughs> I love that. That's so wonderful. Yeah. It's just, ugh, it's so cool. I love your message. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> um, so I'm, I've been super curious and I actually, I have to tell you, I went and looked at your TikTok the other day because I was like, I was just like genuinely curious, like, what are some of the things that you've manifested? What I, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, and okay. Before I answer that question, I actually want to like sort of explain how I've gotten to this point okay. and not like my story. What I mean is once you start working on your triggers and your non-serving belief systems, you're going to start realizing that your manifestations actually come a lot quicker. And the reason for that is because when you start doing this work, you're like, okay, these are the things that I really want, but these things that I really want are some pretty big changes in my life and change can trigger a lot triggers, basically everyone, right? It's like, ah, yeah, overwhelming. (laughs) This is too much. I don't like this. Right. Consciously our body is like, I don't know how to survive whatever's unknown, but I know how to survive the known, even though it's like bad for me. Right. Yep. But so, okay. You say consciously, all right, these are the things that I want. These are the triggers. I'm going to let the triggers happen. I'm going to let the emotional responses happen. And you're working on, you know, letting that emotion come in and out of your body. And then at the end, you know, you letting it go, doing all the work. The more you're doing that, the more your body is beginning to feel safe, no matter what triggers come up. So yeah, you have emotion, but your body's like, this is okay. Like, I feel safe in this. I can handle this. I fully and completely trust in myself. Right. And then you're going to start noticing the triggers don't actually end up happening. And so you're spending less and less time experiencing the trigger, working through the trigger, recovering from the trigger, reflecting of the trigger. It's actually, oh, wait, I didn't even like, that didn't even trigger me at all. And then that meant we're not spending all that time working through the triggers anymore. We're still going to get triggered. There's still some things that will trigger. It is what it is, but less and less of them will. And this recently actually happened to me. I re- realized something. I was like, wait, that didn't even trigger me. That's insane. Yeah. And so then your manifestations will come a lot faster. And that's why you see these people who are like, oh, I manifested all this magical stuff in my life within like two weeks or something like that. And it's because they like feel safe within their body and their mm. triggers don't take as long. And so their manifestations just kind of come. And so I tell, I say that because a lot of the things that I've manifested 
that are really joyous in my life have only happened in the last like three months. And so, yeah. So I, and I want to preface because it can happen to anyone. Everyone can do that. Mm -hmm. It's just about starting. You just have to start. You just have to start doing it. And so some of the things that I've manifested are, I don't pay rent anymore. What? That's amazing. I know. I house it. I have pets it. Long Mm -hmm. periods of time. Um, I never have to pay rent anymore, which is like insane in this economy. Yeah. Where people are like, oh my God, my rent is like, I live in California. Okay. Rent is like for a one bedroom is like $3,200. Yeah. I can imagine. (laughs) It's crazy in Colorado too. (laughs) So, I mean, if you can manifest that, great. If you can afford that, oh my gosh. I'm just the type of person though, that I'm really, really nomadic and having Mm -hmm. a lease is just, it just doesn't fit my lifestyle. So I've manifested that. (laughs) Wow. Um, uh, I've manifested living in places that are right next to the beach. What? Yeah. So I, right now I'm currently in a house that is less than like 50 feet from the, from the ocean. I have a view wow. of like the San Francisco skyline. It's insane. Oh my and then gosh. in a few months, I'm going to have a view of the Seattle skyline. Like it's just crazy. Right. I love yeah. Seattle. Oh my gosh. That's like my favorite place ever. Really? I'm yeah. really excited. I'm super excited. <laughs> That's going to be incredible. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. Um, I also manifested a free hammock. Hammocks are really great for neurodivergent people because it's like, it like really helps regulate your nervous system. You oh, just okay. spend like an hour in a hammock. Oh my God. It's amazing. I don't um, know that. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. And you can get them on Amazon, like with a stand and everything, hmm. but I was going to buy one. And then my neighbor was like, Hey, like where I'm staying at now, my neighbor, quote unquote, was like, Hey, we're getting, we're doing a garage sale. Do you want any of this stuff? And there was a hammock in there. Oh my gosh. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty crazy. Um, but I mean, also just so many things in my business as well, I've manifested. So I've manifested like my TikTok, I've manifested, I manifested all my clients. And like, I've just, I feel like ev- once you are on that, like aligned, like everything is just kind of aligned, things will just start coming to, um, I mean, I quit my job in June, like that really toxic nine to five that I had, I quit it in June. No fuck you fund. I just said, I'm done. <laughs> That's amazing. And I manifested, yeah. I just manifested this like beautiful, amazing business that I have now. <sighs> Anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. My story is your story is, is everyone's story. Like everyone can do this. That's, that's just like so incredible. And it it's wild to me because it hits so many points for me too. Like I, I did the same thing before where I had this corporate job. I found out I was being like severely underpaid. Um, you know, it was like devastating or whatever. And then I quit. And they hired me back doing the same job, but I tripled my income. Like they paid me three times more for the same exact job. Right. It was just like, it Are blew my mind. Kidding me? Yeah. It was, <laughs> I was just like, when that happened, it was just like, I, it really kind of challenged because at the time, even I, I didn't know about manifestation. I wasn't spiritual at all. Like I, none of this was like in my consciousness. Right. It really like messed with my belief system of like, 
oh, you have to work really hard to make a lot of money and you have to do all these things because it was like, but I quit like, and I quit with no savings, like same as you, where it was like, I had no idea what I was going to do, but I was not going to accept like being underpaid anymore. And like, it just resulted in this incredible experience (laughs) where like, I got to start my own business and I got to triple my income like overnight. It was crazy. That is the most amazing story. I love that so much. That gives me so much joy. (laughs) Thanks. Me too. It was like, I don't know. It was, it was a crazy experience, but I also feel like since then, like I didn't really understand what I did that resulted in that at the time, you know, like, because it just, it felt so like incredible and unexpected and wild. Like I didn't, understand how that could have happened, you know, and I feel like I've been trying to understand that ever since. And obviously now I've, I understand manifestation, but like there was so many of the traditional manifestation tools and techniques that like didn't make sense to me or didn't resonate with me. So I felt like I was so confused pretty much until I found your page. And then I was like, Oh my my gosh, (laughs) makes so much sense now. (laughs) Oh, that touches me so hard. Okay. It's true though. I mean, I just, everything that you said and the way that you say it, like just makes so much sense. And it resonates so deeply that like, it just, I don't know, it feels right. Whereas other practices, like I wanted to believe in that, but it didn't, I wasn't resonating with it, you know? Yeah. So it definitely, it makes it more challenging. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad you found my page. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I also want to talk about like the actual practices because I think too, people are going to be like, what the heck are y'all talking about? Tell me, yeah. tell me what it is. Um, and foundationally, it's just connect with your body, like mm-hmm. do anything you can to connect with your body. So whether it's exercise or whether it's like EFT tapping or breath work or Yes. I use a lot of bilateral stimulation. Um, I have PTSD. I've done EMDR before and doing bilateral stimulation audios can be like so, so effective. Um, And you can even do bilateral stimulation by crossing your hands over your chest and just tapping one hand and then the other. Really? And then the other. Yeah. It's like, they call it like the butterfly. You can also like link your thumbs and do it. You can also just on one thigh, just tap. And then the other thigh tap and just like left, right, left, right. Like, yeah, it's, it's insane. And it's just because it's bringing your awareness into your body. It's like constantly bringing your awareness into your body and it's allowing both sides of the brain to connect so that when the emotions come up, you're actually able to like work through it versus, And then one side of your brain is like trying to figure it out. And the other one is trying to fit in. It helps. <laughs> so anyway, bilateral stimulation gets slept on a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we definitely suggest it. And then I would say EFT tapping is the one. If you're going to start with mm. anything, start with that. Start Agreed. with that. And, I have, and we can put free resources in the show notes for people so that they can like get their research on. Yeah. But, I mean, EFT absolutely the most powerful thing. It's what, it's what really changed my life, I think, and got me into everything. Yep. I, I totally agree. When I discovered it, it was, 
Cause I, I had never tried it before. And then I actually, like the first time I ever tried it was when I was actually learning, like I was getting certified in it basically. And oh, okay. yeah. And like the first time, so I, the first session that I did, I tried it around money and mm. cause money's always been like, it, I really struggled with my beliefs around money and stuff. But, um, the first session that I did around money, like literally within five minutes of finishing that session, I had like a family member reach out and give me a hundred dollars, just like completely out of the blue. <laughs> it was like such a crazy experience because it was just completely unexpected, but I felt like I felt really good around money and I felt, you know, really connected after that session. And it just, that result, I was definitely not expecting. <laughs> I mean, EFT is seriously, it's seriously magic. Yeah. And like that right there, that story, that's proof. That's, that's, that's the proof, you know? Yep. And oh, like, and so for, for EFT, I always say like, you can use it in three different ways. So the first one is in the moment you're having a heightened emotional response and you can tap mm. your way through that emotional response, you know, you first, you validate it. And then you're like, okay, maybe just, maybe it's okay to release this possibly maybe. And then you're like, I believe in myself. I got this. And then you kind of like talk yourself down. So the emotions kind of like flush out. Mm -hmm. You can do use it when you're working through past memories and we're sort of rewrite some belief systems that you have that were created by those, those situations and those memories make sure you have like an actual practitioner. Don't do that by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you have trauma, like don't do that by yourself. Yes. Um, and then the last one is, I don't normally suggest people do this, but people love affirmations. Mm -hmm. They will like ask me all day long for affirmations. And I'm like, okay, I'll give it to you. <laughs> but I say, use, use your affirmations with EFT. Don't mm -hmm. look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm beautiful. I'm powerful because your belief systems are, no, you're not. Yeah. Agreed. So do it with EFT. So then you'll actually write them into your body versus like sort of gaslighting yourself. Yes. I love that. So, this is yeah, no, those are brilliant. And I think like what I actually learned about manifestation or not manifestation affirmations, mm. um, was cause I always saw that too, where it was like, use this, use this affirmation if you want, um, you know, to feel beautiful every day or whatever. And it was just some like generic statement. And I'm like, but that's not what I believe. So I don't really feel like that's effective at all. And when I did, I actually did a Tony Robbins event and he talked about, um, doing manifestation or doing after, I don't know why I keep saying that <laughs> doing affirmations from like a place of actual truth. Like it comes from, I think like mindset reframing in a way where it's like, you know, both can be true, but I'm choosing to look at it this way. And it's actually based in a foundation of your actual experiences and like the truth in those, in those experiences where it's not, you know, just coming, coming up with a bunch of general words and expecting yourself to like, believe that. So I really that like helpful. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that really addresses the, the idea of duality and how like you can have two beliefs or you can have two thoughts or you can have two emotions at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's not like one is wrong and one is not. And this is another sort of, how do I say this? A lot of the time in mainstream manifestation, all these coaches, they're like, if you feel bad things, 
mm-hmm. you're going to manifest them. So don't, don't yes. feel that way. Right. So don't feel sad. Yeah. Don't feel angry. <laughs> don't be mad. Don't get worried. Yeah. You're going to manifest it. And that's not true. Right. You can mm-hmm. feel sad and excited at the same time. You can feel deep gratitude, but be grieving at the same time. Like you can have yep. these multiple emotions in your body simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some people, People, they can't feel multiple things at the same time. It's just like how their brain works and how their body works. And that's fine too. But I want to like give that option to people who yes. are like, but I feel these, all these things, feel all the things, feel them all. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> you know? And one of the big things that I teach is that you have these old beliefs, these non-serving belief systems, right? And you've lived with them for a very long time. So they're mm-hmm. not just going to disappear overnight. You got to kind of break them down, Yes, but you're not going to break them down and just let them break down. You have to do, you have to replace them with something, mm-hmm. right. That's actually going to help you manifest these things. So you can't just be like, I no longer feel like a burden. Cool. What else? Like you, you <laughs> put something in its place. So there's a moment, I call it limbo where you're mm. like, I'm so aware that I have these non-serving beliefs, right? Which is mm-hmm. kind of, some, I think this is sort of the same thing that you're talking about with Tony Rob, the Tony Robbins thing, mm-hmm. where it's like, I can see these non-serving beliefs coming up, Yep. but I'm not letting them drive me. I'm not letting them make decisions. I'm not letting them overcome me. I'm being hyper aware. I'm being aware of it. It's there. Mm-hmm. It's there. And I'm also aware of the new belief system that I've chosen, and I, so I'm in this place of like, I'm aware of the old ones. They're still kind of there, but I'm choosing to lean into the new ones. And there's mm-hmm. the, so it's like this limbo area. And so I have a lot of clients sometimes they are like, I, I, I could feel like the emotions coming up, but I, I, I could see it from afar and I'm trying to lean into the new. And I, and now I feel like I have to be in the new and I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. You can have both. It's fine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And I, so I love that you brought up that, that Tony Robbins, like the duality of Mm -hmm. thoughts and stuff. I just, I completely agree. And I think it's really powerful to lean into it, into the duality of everything. Oh, I completely agree. Well, in our, like our emotions are essentially our messengers, right? Like to me, my, the emotion that I feel isn't necessarily representative of like, you know, always what's happening, but it's more representative of what my beliefs are. You know, and it, I feel like when you see it that way, like you're less, you're less inclined to like shame yourself or blame yourself for like these emotions that you're having. And you're more inclined to look at them and be like, okay, well, what, like, where is this coming from? What belief do I have? That's, that's like resulting in this feeling. And like, how can I see that with compassion versus like being like, oh, that's bad. You know, like it definitely kind of opens that door. I felt like at least that you know, you can kind of start seeing yourself with a lot more compassion than I think is common practice. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like that allowance, like you're mm-hmm. allowed to feel. And I feel like there's a lot of messaging of unless you're high vibe, unless yes. you're full, you're on cloud nine, 24 seven, like it's bad. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the full spectrum of the human experience. Yes. And you can't have moments of joy you can't appreciate them if you've never had the lows not because like you have to have lows to have highs but because when you have the lows 
you are recognizing the things that don't align. So when they do align, it just is that much more juicy. Absolutely. (laughs) I totally agree. That's a beautiful way of putting it though. I feel like that's a way that like, you know, you can actually resonate with is I feel like when you hear things over and over and over again, especially like in mainstream where it's like, you know, you have to be high vibe or things like that. I feel like one, it usually doesn't resonate. At least it hasn't for me. And then two, like you don't learn to appreciate why the lows happen and why the highs happen and what the value of both is. So I feel like when you can explain that in a way that actually resonates with people and like gains, they have that like aha moment, which like, I love aha moments. Aha, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I feel like, yeah, just like you said, it kind of allows for that compassion and that acceptance of what is, um, from a place that's actually like peaceful, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I love the way you describe it. You say it's like having compassion for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's, and you know, I say it's the acceptance. It's like compassion. It's like the same, you know, paralleled, you know, vision and like being able to allow whatever experience that you're having inside also, and I think you kind of touched on this a little bit. It's like your teacher, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, it's teaching you something. And you also mentioned something about like, I can't exactly remember. You said something about like the beliefs, Mm -hmm. your emotions are your beliefs. And and I want to expand on that because your beliefs right? Are housed in your nervous system. And I want to explain something. So it's really clear. Your beliefs are created because it's how you view the world. It's how you view yourself in the world. It's how you view the, it's, you know, it's all yeah. in order to navigate your way through life. And so how do you navigate your way through life? So you can survive and be okay (laughs) is you create these belief systems in order to navigate. And so if your belief is Let's give people pleasing because that's a theme here. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) I think people pleasing in a lot of ways is also a form of protection, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. It's how I can survive the world. So these beliefs of I'm a burden, these beliefs of my needs are too much have actually served in order to protect me. Yes. Right. And so the beliefs, when you feel like a burden, allow your nervous system to fire time to survive. Right. Which also then, in, in addition, means that your manifestations will either be much easier, like they'll come much faster, or they just won't, or they will, and then you'll self-sabotage, right? Yep. And so it's so fundamental to deal with those belief systems, right? Because not only does it feel so much better to be like, I believe in myself, and I trust in myself, right? Yes. That feels so good. <laughs> it does. But it, it also like brings those survival mechanisms down in order for you to actually thrive because if you're spending all your energy surviving you can't thrive so true yep and so it's for a lot of the clients that come to me it's all so many people live in survival mode it's like insane Mm -hmm. yeah basically everyone (laughs) yes agreed (laughs) so if you can recognize like the old the non-serving beliefs that are helping you quote unquote survive you can Mm -hmm. recognize them identify them and then decide on the new one, the new belief, right. To help you actually thrive. That's when you can start breaking them down and having yes. like new patterns. Right. 
so yeah, you know, people pleasing and comparison and all of these different beliefs and patterns, like they don't feel so great. Right. And you want to believe in yourself, but it's also just like, do you want to thrive in your life? Do you want to like experience this amazing thing that is this existence on this planet? Yes. (laughs) Right. And so that's like where you start. It's like starting right there. You let the emotions happen. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. Wow. I feel like this conversation has been like so enlightening. I have one more question and then um, I'll kind of go into like the closing questions that I ask all of my guests. Okay. So I feel like, and I, I feel like we kind of touched on this a little bit, but basically like about a year ago, I like manifested the RV that we live in. Right. And like, I felt so much anxiety about that RV and I felt like, you know, so worried it wasn't going to happen. But I feel like because I had that narrative of the, more of the traditional manifestation practices, like I absolutely did not address that anxiety. <laughs> like, I tried to shove it down. I was like, I don't <laughs> nope, I can't let this ruin this, oh, you know, no. like all of these things. And it still happened like even better than I could expect. And I feel like it caused so much confusion for like what actually that means, you know, like what is manifestation? Mm-hmm. What, what does it actually involve? And you touched on the body and and some tools to kind of heal that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess like, do you have any other, like given that situation, do you have any other like advice that you can give someone that's just really confused about what manifestation actually is and how they like incorporate those practices into their everyday life. Absolutely. So manifestation just means to bring into your reality, right? Yeah. Literally just, it is now in my existence. Cool. Right. That's all manifestation is. And so if you're confused about, well, how does that even happen? Like I still get so much fear. I still get so much anxiety. What I say is that when you're manifesting something, it doesn't mean you're not going to feel bad emotions. (laughs) You probably will feel bad emotions Mm -hmm. because manifestation is change. And any change that you have in your life is going to cause a little bit of dysregulation. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, yes, consciously we're like, I really want these changes right? It's like, of yeah. course I want more money. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes. Of course I want like this beautiful relationship with a partner. What are you talking about? It's like, yeah. well, think about it. You manifest this beautiful person into your life. Your day-to-day changes. Yeah. The emotions you feel day-to-day change. Like this person creates change in your life, you know? Mm-hmm most likely like that they're really meant for you. Yeah. (laughs) Great, amazing changes, but it's still change nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And so the anxiety and the fear is going to be there. If change doesn't feel safe, the anxiety and the fear will be there, but that doesn't mean it's not for you. So that's another Mm -hmm. thing is what is for me? What's not for me? What is for you is whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Unless you feel deep down, like this does not feel aligned. This does not feel good. Like in your gut, in your intuition, not like Mm -hmm. I feel fear. 
I feel anxiety. That's it's not the same thing. You feel it yeah. in different parts of your body, right? Anxiety is going to be more of this like upper body emotion. Mm-hmm. The this is not aligned is like a gut punch. Like, yes. Like a grounding. I don't think this is good. Right. Yeah. But if you want something, it's for you. That's beautiful. I'm really tired of hearing people say like only, you know, only certain things are for you. No, whatever mm-hmm. you want is for you. Whatever you want. The universe is literally like giving you everything you want. All, all yeah. the universe wants is to give you everything you want. Right. Yeah. So whatever you want, <laughs> but again, <laughs> like in court. So when you're feeling the fear, so okay, you're manifesting this thing. You're like feeling the fear. You're feeling the anxiety. Breathe. Step yeah. one, breathe. Take a breath. <laughs> okay. I teach the first two Important months of my one to one program are literally dedicated to breath work because your breath is your life source. Yeah. Your breath will get you through the fear. Your breath will get you through anxiety. Right. When you have an anxiety attack, what happens? Yeah, absolutely. Take a breath. Take a breath. Okay. So that's how you can incorporate that one thing. Just breathe. Which sounds really easy, but it's not always easy. It's not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then just you can also try like EFT, just like tapping on the meridians. I mean, sometimes if you're in public, that's not it makes you look weird. So you don't have to do that. You could do bilateral. So just start tapping the sides of your thighs really slow, breathing mm. breathe in left leg, breathe out right leg, breathe in, breathe out. Like that simple thing right there. You can be on yeah. the bus doing it and no one will know. Right. True. So something as simple as that, you know, also like I do teach, teach some like vagal nerve stimulation, which is like fantastic. So if you just put your forefinger and your thumb together and you just rub your ear, like Ooh. go to the top of your ear and pull your ear kind of away from your face and go all the way down to the earlobe and pull it away from your face. And you just do that a little bit. You do that. On, if you do that in public, no one's going to care. No, one, no one knows what you're doing. I feel like I do that anyway. <laughs> right. Actually, it's really interesting. A lot of stims that mm-hmm. people have who are neurodivergent and they stim a lot of mm-hmm. the stuff they already do. Yeah. I have a client who was like, Oh, I already bilaterally stimulate, like, like tapping the sides of their body. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, cause you're regulating your body. Your stim is like, I know what to do. <laughs> I feel like right. our bodies are so wise that way. They're you know? so wise. Yeah. They're so wise. Um, and so just doing those little teeny things, if you've never done any of this work, just try those mm-hmm. first little things. Just start those little, little things. Um, And then if you want to get more and more into the work, you know, start looking at EFT tapping videos, Um, you know, look for people that do stuff that really help you connect with your body. Yeah. That's what I'd say. But again, like, I want to emphasize that just because you're having a heightened emotional response does not mean that that's not for you. Because a lot of the time what happens is people say, oh, I really want these things. I really want these things. And then they get triggered mm-hmm. because of something. And then they're like, oh, this isn't for me to give up. Burn yeah. it all down. It's all why done. Not for me. Mm-hmm. And that's actually not what's happening. What's happening is the universe is like giving you these little opportunities to let your nervous system expand and grow and build. Mm-hmm. But if you give up right away, like you're not actually allowing your nervous system 
to have the capacity to hold manifestation. So you're calling in that RV. Well, your nervous system, despite feeling fear mm-hmm. is still, still ready. Was like, Nope, yeah. I think we can still handle this. We can still, it's still going to be a thing. It's fine. Yeah. Right. So I also really want to put that out there because I'm yeah. noticing and I'm like, no, don't give up. Don't give up. <laughs> don't give up. <laughs> it's not always easy. Life is not, just, there's no such thing as the path of least resistance. Like yes. there is going to be resistance because it's not external resistance. It's internal resistance. Resistance is just trigger a tightened emotional response. It's just, it's trauma, like the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? So, so don't, don't give up. Don't give up on the things that you want just yeah. because it's a little bit difficult. I definitely, I, yeah, I feel exactly what you're saying because I feel like what I hear a lot is like, how do I tell the difference between something that's like not actually aligned with me? Cause I think especially like as a people pleaser, I had a really hard time figuring out my intuition and what was my intuition mm-hmm. and what was fear and mm-hmm. you know, all of that good stuff. And I know you've made a couple of videos on that. Um, but I think like a big piece of that for me was going towards something that was really meant for me and it felt aligned and, you know, there was resistance. Like I still, I still knew it felt aligned for me. You know, it still felt good to me um, regardless of that resistance that felt really challenging. But I feel like when something isn't for you, like it almost makes it 10 times harder to even like take one step forward because not only are you resisting not only is that thing, you know, resistance in itself, but like your body is also resisting it, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like listening to that and being more in tune with that is such an important factor of, of manifesting anything, or even just, you know, figuring out your path forward. Yeah. (laughs) And I have to trust your body. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought up intuition. This is something I'm noticing more and more in people is how, how do I even know it's my intuition? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't even know, you know, like what's the, I get a lot. Is it my intuition or is it anxiety? Is it my intuition or is it like fear? Like, what is yeah. it? Right. And so, oh, so many people are so disconnected from their intuition because they're so disconnected from their body. Your intuition right. is part of your body. It's right under the sternum, like that area, that juicy <laughs> area, like your gut. Right. Yeah. And if you're disconnected from your body, it's going to be really hard to even listen to your intuition because you're like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what that feels like. And so I would say if you have never really, I don't even know what intuition means. I don't know. Take really big, like tiny, tiny, tiny baby steps. I have a client who we even started with, am I hungry? Mm. Yes or no. You can still eat if you're not hungry. Like that doesn't, that's not a thing. It's just, are you, you know? And if you don't have that, you know, some people they don't have like a, like a hunger. That's fine. We'll start Mm -hmm. somewhere else. Do you want to take your dog for a walk right now? Yes or no. Do you want not, uh, should I do it? No, no. Do you want to do it? Right. Should I go to bed right now? Or should I watch TV? Well, I really want to watch TV. Okay. So it's, and it's honoring the answer Mm -hmm. to the question, your intuition. The reason why we listen to our intuition is because it is our authentic self. Mm, yes. And so the more you follow your intuition, the more you live within your authentic self. Mm-hmm. And so the more you listen to your intuition, the more you are your authentic self, the more the life around you becomes aligned. Mm-hmm. 
And so when we are trying to break these patterns and we're like, well, I don't even know what's for me. Okay. Well, it's got to start baby steps, (laughs) right? We can't just be like, okay, I really want to manifest this like ginormous. I want to manifest a house. Mm -hmm. Well, that's humongous. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I have a client who she just bought a farmhouse with her partner and like, Mm -hmm. it's right. But she started traveling the world and she came to me and she's like, I hate that. I hate traveling the world because it's really unstabilizing, but I don't know what's for me. And yeah. I'm like, all right, well, let's start with little things. Are you hungry or are you not hungry? Yeah. That's where it starts. Right. Little things. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and then we went from, okay, we bigger and bigger things to eventually like, what kind of house do you want to manifest? Mm-hmm. Right. What is going to help you live in your most authentic self? Do you want to live in the city or do you want to live in the country or do you want to live in between, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it really just starts with these tiny, teeny, tiny questions. And it's really important to honor the answer to the question too, because the more you don't honor the answer, the more you're going to not trust yourself and trust your intuition. So you really got to honor the answer. That's super key. That is. Yeah. I love that you shared that. That is definitely such an important component. And I think like those baby steps especially are important. Like that's how I teach people how to learn to trust themselves too, is like you learn to trust yourself by doing what you say you're going to do to an extent, you know? And Mm -hmm. so part of that process, when somebody has to learn to retrust them, like has to relearn how to trust themselves. Like I tell them, if you're going to walk through a door or something, like literally tell yourself, I'm going to walk through this door you know, and kind of like totally. builds those baby steps to where Absolutely. it's like, it just becomes natural because you're listening and honoring yourself that much more each time you do it, you know? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love that. I'm going to walk through the door and then, cause it gives your brain proof. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it sounds like really sort of simple and yeah. like basic, <laughs> but until you get a lot of the time people need proof, mm-hmm. like their brain needs proof that something's possible. And so a lot of the time, what I do is I tell people, find people, whether it's like on social media or around you or whatever, find people that have what you want, Mm -hmm. like live, find people who are living a life that you want, who have also gone through very similar things to you, because then it shows to your brain that it's possible that you can do that too. Yes. Because You can't do, you you can't believe that you can do something until you do it, but you can't do it until you believe that you can do it. And it's like the cycle of, well, I can't do it because I, I have, I have no proof that I can do it. Yeah. But if you don't do it, you then won't have proof that you can do it. You got to just do it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So if you can give yourself, if you're, if you can give your brain any type of proof that this is possible, whether it's external or internal, it's, mm-hmm. that's just really important. And something as simple as I'm going to walk through the door. And then you walk through the door and you said, I just walked through the door. Yeah. That just blew my mind. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, I think when a lot of people hear that, they're like, what do you mean? Like, that's so simple. <laughs> it's like, it's that principle of it that you were saying where it's just like, your brain has to stack that evidence that you're capable of what, of doing what you say you're going to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And like the more you stack that, even through simple things like that, the easier it's going to get. And the more ingrained it's going to get that, like you do what you're what you say you're going to do. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's definitely cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, 
So the closing questions that I usually ask every guest. Um, so the first one is what is the best tool that you can recommend for healing? EFT tapping. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we definitely covered that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a great tool. I love it. Um, the second question is what is your most powerful story of healing and transformation? Honestly, I kind of struggled with this question because I truly believe that my story, and I don't say this to put myself down. My story is not unique. My story is your story. My story is others people's story. All of our stories are really similar. And I don't see that as a bad thing. I actually see that as a connection. Like we're all connected. We've all had the same experiences. Mm -hmm. And so, and I, and I say, if I can do it, you can do it because I have gone through probably the same thing as so many people. And the more I talk about my story, the more I realize how I am so like other people and other people have gone through the same thing as I have. And it's really important to share. So I was like, I'm just going to share my life story, <laughs> but like a short, short life story. Yeah. Um, so I am very neurodivergent, like very, very much. So I do not function in the neurotypical way. And so growing up, like in high school, everything was so hard and the expectation put on me was to function like everybody else. And I just don't, <laughs> I function like a neurodivergent person at <laughs> the end. And so when the end of high school came, I was like, I'm not ready for college. Like, I don't want to go to college. Like it just wasn't, I was also a very young high, a senior. I was like 16, 17. I went to college when I was 17 years old. Me like, too. I don't know how that Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. like, like so damaging. Anyway, <laughs> I could go on, but I won't. Um, and I expressed this to the people around me who were supposed to be my protectors, my caregivers mm -hmm. saying, I'm not ready for this. This is not for me. This is not aligned. I just, this isn't like, this doesn't fit. And the expectation was if you don't go to college, then we just cut you off. Goodbye. You're not part of our lives anymore. Mm. And of course, if you're a child, that is a very intense <laughs> ultimatum to be put under. Yes. So I went to college um, and college was also one. I mean, and the, my story is not unique. This happens to happened and happens to so many neurodivergent people where it's like, I then went through like a two, three year period of dropping in and out of, of college, changing my major in and out of institutions because I had so many mental health issues. And the expectation was, what is wrong with you? Just do it. Just do the thing. Just get the degree. What's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Which just like created even worse issues. It took me seven years to graduate college because it was just so incredibly difficult. Yeah. But I did graduate. And then going then into trying to find a career, it's like, again, the, the expectation is you go to high school, you graduate, you go to college, you graduate, you get the career, you, you do the thing, you, the ladder, you climb the ladder, you do the thing. And so I just, I could not hold a job to save my life. And then I don't talk about this a lot, but then I fell into teaching and I became a teacher, which was so toxic. It was horrible. It was awful, mm -hmm. very bureaucratic. There's so much hierarchical bullshit that you have to deal with. And it just slowly was killing me. 
And this whole time, right, from the age of 16, 17, I already knew intuitively none of this shit was for me. Yeah. And eventually, okay, fine. I did the teaching thing. I quit. And now 15 years later, I'm finally living in my aligned life, but it took that whole entire time. And my story is so not unique. Mm -mm. And I want to share it because if you feel something is right for you or something is wrong for you intuitively, like you got to listen to it because either you will live a whole life out of alignment because Mm -hmm. you're doing what you think you should be doing, what you think is acceptable. And so you live out of alignment and it's just, it's terrible for your body, for your yeah. Or it takes you 15, 20 years <laughs> to get to where you should have been the whole time, which, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. That's how life is. It's how we learn, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Yeah. And I think we're all awakening now too to being mm-hmm. like, you know what, this isn't for me. I want to do what's actually for me. And so yeah. if you are sitting there right now, listening to this and you're like, there is something that is pinging in me that I really feel is so aligned and my life is not a do the thing. Yes. Because you don't have to go through the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to go through all the pain. If you just listen to the intuition, yep. right? Stop listening to what other people say. I think that's the other thing, right? Yes. <laughs> the biggest part of your healing journey is literally to stop listening to everyone. Mm-hmm. Just stop listening to what people are telling you to do, what you should do, do what is right for you. So that's my story. <laughs> I I love that. That was beautiful. You are such a beautiful person. Oh my God. <laughs> well, and I think like, I love, I love the way you said that. I like, I know for me throughout my healing journey a lot, I, I kept running into dead ends because I was listening to other people so much. Like I felt like especially coming from a people pleaser perspective, like I had lost touch so deeply with who I was and what I wanted and what, what healing even looked like for me that I felt like the only way that I was able to identify myself was through the stories of other people and like learning what resonated when somebody like shared their story, you know, Mm -hmm. cause when you share your story, like for me, like I, I know it right away when I resonate with something, you know, like I may have just not had the words for it or mm-hmm. like not identified it in that way. But I felt like that was like such an important part of learning about myself and being on that journey. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, but exactly what you said, that's also if you're listening to a lot of people that you don't actually resonate with, cause I mean, everybody opinions are like assholes, right? You know, everybody has one. (laughs) And I feel like when you're, when you're listening to so many people and you're hearing so many things that don't resonate with you, but you want them to resonate, Mm. like you just lead yourself down this path that takes you, you know, down a dead end, essentially, you know? Oh my gosh. I love the way you said that. (laughs) You really want it to resonate, but it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Oh, Again, it's like the, this should resonate. Yep. Why isn't it resonating? Shoulds. Shoulds. Deadly. (laughs) We all should ourselves until we finally. It's so true. Uh, Yeah, it's a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) But it's hard because 
there's so much messaging around it. Like we're constantly being flooded with what we should be doing and what we should Mm -hmm. be thinking and the relationships we should have and the career we should have and the life we should have. And, you know, it's hard to then be like, okay, I'm going to break the mold because again, you might be the only one in your life breaking that mold. Yep. And so to be feeling so isolated outside of your community, right? Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to just be like, never mind, it's fine. I'll just, I'll just do what I should do because I don't want to feel isolated. Yes. Right. And but that's again on purpose. Like all of that's on purpose. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you. If you break the mold, there are communities of people who are also breaking the mold. You just gotta find yes. They're just waiting. Exactly. And I think like what I found through breaking the mold in my own life was like, I showed people that I love that there was another way, you know, like you essentially are going first down Mm -hmm. this new path that hasn't Mm -hmm. been built yet in your family and your community. And you're teaching people like that they can also do this and they can also, you know, live a life that they actually love instead of just having to go through the motions, you know? Yeah, totally. And I want to validate people's experience and that, that, that whole thing is so incredibly hard. It Mm -hmm. is probably the most challenging part of the whole thing is breaking that mold, like doing something different than what everyone else around you is doing. It's, it is so incredibly difficult. And I, I want to use my my situation to just validate people's experience. And that when I decided to quit my job in June, I was like, I'm doing it. So I don't care what people say. (laughs) And I had, I had really worked on my nervous system. So because I knew the reaction that I was going to get from the people around me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need to prepare my nervous system because I'm going to get a response that I don't like. It's going to trigger me and (laughs) I need to be ready. And so when I sat down with my family and was like, I'm quitting my job tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, My mom straight to my face was like, Oh my God, you are so dramatic. Why can't you just be like your brother and just, and just have the job. Like, I don't understand. Right. And so I say that to validate people's experience because a lot of the time, if you do break the mold, you're going to get a lot of people resisting you doing something different because to them, it's not safe. And they, they feel really unsafe with you doing something unsafe. And so despite the reactions though, it's, it's like, you're, you're not going to encounter people who are going to support you all the time. Yes. And so hearing those words of, you know, I, I just, that's just the surface. My mom was not very nice to me. She (laughs) used a lot of swear words and told me that I'd be homeless and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, because when I was, you know, in my, you know, when I was going through a lot of stuff in college, I was also homeless for periods of time. And so she likes to throw that in my face. Yeah. And a lot of our families love to throw things in our faces. And so when we're starting to move the needle in a different direction, mm-hmm. that is deemed unsafe, quote unquote, these people are going to remind you of why it's unsafe. Yes. <laughs> and so it, it's so important to ground yourself in yourself ground yourself in yourself. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Um, Before you have those conversations, because you're going to hear things that you don't want to hear, but that doesn't mean it's not for you. It just means that they're too scared to do what you're doing and it's okay. 
Absolutely. Wow. Well, I, I, for one, am so grateful that you did this. <laughs> I think <laughs> you inspire people me. every day. <laughs> oh and I definitely, like, I love the permission that you give, you know, like, I feel like in so many points throughout this, this episode, you've like, you know, given people permission to feel their feelings and, you know, do these things despite what may come up for them. And I think that's really powerful. Like that's really empowering other people to do exactly what, what you're saying, live the life that, that they want to have. So. Oh, that makes me feel good. I'm just trying, my intention is just to create a safe place for people. Yeah. That's the goal. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Alexa. It was absolutely incredible to talk with you. Um, You've offered us so much like wisdom and clarity and compassion. And I'm just so grateful for the time that you've dedicated to us today. Um, Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be on here with you and having this conversation. Absolutely. It's, it's been amazing and I've loved it. Me too. Oh my gosh. I'm sweating because I'm like so excited <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I definitely understand. <laughs> um, well, for all you listeners out there, make sure that you connect with Alexa on social media from the links in the show notes. Um, you definitely want to continue experiencing their wisdom. Obviously, this podcast episode was amazing. Um, but until next time, thank you all for joining us today.